Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gamble. The 4 o'clock reset. 4 o'clock reset. All right, Mitch, take it away. You've got, you're the driver now. We're taking turns. Uh, I'm just just passing the wheel off to anybody. Lauren gets a turn driving the show in the next hour of the show. Oh, gosh, yeah. Everybody gets a shot. She's already raring to go. Uh Uh-huh. I broke the reset button, so I don't have a button today, unfortunately, but I'll just do... There. There's your button for today. Suns are back in action tonight against the Houston Rockets. Is Bradley Beal going to be back in action with them? Dealing with a left hamstring injury currently listed as questionable. Does that mean he's going to reunite with the rest of his big three? We don't know. But we do know the expectations are high for him, at least from one side saying he needs to make the biggest leap down this stretch run. I don't disagree with that. That's talking about all the players among in the NBA, like who needs to make the biggest leap. Bradley Beal was listed. But we agree that the leap isn't like his play's got to get better. He just has to get on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the leap. Be available. Uh, It is an updated injury report for the Suns, by the way. It still has Bradley Beal listed as questionable. Eric Gordon listed as questionable. Yusef Nurkic listed as probable. 7 o'clock start time tonight? 7 o'clock tip time tonight. I'll be there. Right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Suns. And the Rockets for the second time in the last week. And then they'll meet for the third time on Saturday. And then mercifully, we're done with the Houston Rockets. I'm getting sick of the Houston Rockets. Amen to that, brother. They're not not beating him twice. Haven't they beaten him twice? Huh? Did they beat him earlier in the year? They beat him once, I think. Did the Rockets beat the Suns? Yeah. I mean, I know they beat him a week ago, but I don't know what happened the first time they met. They I don't remember. Earlier. I'll have to check on that. Let's just hope that they actually get the W tonight. That's all we can. That's, that's all that matters. Yusuf Nurkic being back. Uh, he's expected to be back, despite being listed as probable. That'll probably, for sure, be a big boost for them. Let's go around the NBA. Man, last night, that battle for L.A. was a battle. LeBron James defending Kawhi Leonard, who catches and drives. Clippers down two. Fall away baseline. Short. Great defense, James. Gets the rebound. Ahead to Reddish with the exclamation. Angeles Lakers. Uh, thanks, ESPN. Also, shout out Dave Pash. How lucky we are to have him. LeBron James outscored the entire Clippers team in the fourth quarter as part of a double-digit comeback win. So I was at my son's uh, junior varsity base ba- uh, baseball game yesterday. Then when I got home, I watched like the rest, the end of the Arizona Arizona State game. And now that was over. I put on the Lakers game, and the Clippers were in control of the game. And then LeBron took over in the fourth quarter. He kept getting the switch on Tice. They kept having Tice on him, and he would just step back three, step back three. They went in. D'Angelo Russell hit a big shot for them, and the Clippers just couldn't get any baskets. They just couldn't get any baskets. They couldn't get any stops. They don't have Paul George. He's supposed to be back soon, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have Paul George, so that factors in. But good win for the Lakers, and not a good good loss for the Clippers. I didn't think there was anything left for LeBron to accomplish. That last night was the biggest fourth quarter comeback of his career. 21 point fourth quarter comeback. It was the largest of his career. I didn't didn't think LeBron had. Like, how many things do you have left on the to do list, brother? What else is left, right? Like, he he marked another one off last night. Sure, why not? So, a couple of teams in the West in contention. The Lakers starting to really get back into a groove. They're creeping up from behind. Also, creeping up from behind the Golden State Warriors. However, sounds like they're going to be without Andrew Wiggins for a minute. Here's Steve Kerr on 95.7 The Game yesterday talking about the the absence of Andrew Wiggins. I just think that, you know, 
know, we, we we're in a position where um, you know Wiggs has uh, is a private person, um, and so he's uh, asked to to keep it private, and we're going to honor that. So you know, it doesn't help for me to sit here and try to explain any of that. The bottom line is, um, you know, we respect Wiggs. We need him, um, and we fully expect him back. But we just don't know when what that will be. Mysterious. Yeah, I think didn't it, wasn't it something else with him once he before? had a personal was, absence last year too. Yeah, the same same thing with an absence last year. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, because you know they're fighting every game. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They got Chris Paul back. They've got Clay Thompson coming off the bench now. They've had some good wins. They, they're starting to go with some of these younger players, and it's worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, in the loss column, they're right there, people. The, the Suns are fifth in the West with twenty four losses. Golden State is tenth in the West with twenty seven losses. Only three. Games separate those two teams in the loss column with everybody else in between, between New Orleans, Dallas, the Lakers, Sacramento, all that. It's a it's a six-car pileup right now in the West. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to sports talk radio, I love hypotheticals, and I love when athletes talk about hypotheticals. Chris Paul was a guest on Dwayne Wade's podcast, which is called The Why, yesterday. There was the one trade attempt where Chris Paul almost was an L.A. Laker until it was kiboshed. Apparently, there was also an attempt to get Chris Paul to join LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade in Miami. You will not believe why that fell apart. We talk about all this about who going to have the ball. Okay, we can all play together now, CP. I can play off the ball. We didn't yeah. figure all that out. And somebody said, well, who going to win number three? Silence. <laughs> Listen. Mess the whole trade. Listen. That's why the trade ain't happen. Mess the whole trade up because because yeah. CP could win number three in Miami. Mess Listen. the whole trade up. That number three. That can't be true. No, that can't. That be can't. True. They. They. I mean, that can't be true. Chris Paul with Dwayne Wade, Chris Boss, and LeBron James in Miami. And they said almost no had because he couldn't wear number three. No, but I don't believe that. Do you believe that? Well, there's a little bit more. Hold on. Rally didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Because CP was going to be one number three. Could add two, could add three. Let me tell you, we had talked for a while too. We had talked about what the team would Bro, look like. Bro, we started getting excited. We had talked about what the team would look like. All this different type of stuff, and then I think it was CJ it that was sitting over CJ. there. He, we was like, he was like, "What the number, number you going to wear? What number am I going to wear? What number he going to wear?" <laughs> they just have to be talking. They just have to. They they have to. They're just. There's no way. I mean, I get it. It's funny. <laughs> There's no way that trade didn't happen because of that. They just have to be no. talking some mess right now. That's Man, all that is. I, I mean, four stars on one team? Yeah. It's crazy. And that prime? It would have been to get him out of Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken, too. Let's switch to baseball. I'm going to start with this one. Gamble, I don't know if you've seen this yet. I caught this this morning because there was an article from uh, Barrett Sports Media. There's a Dallas-Fort Worth radio host by the name of Sean Bass, and he got a tattoo on his back. It's a pretty significant tattoo. Okay. Of the box score from Game 5 of the World Series, the Rangers defeating the Diamondbacks. That's on his back? On his back. It's the whole you box. You gotta show me this. It's the whole box score. How big How uh, big is the how It big covers is it? a good 75% of the left side of his back. And it's the... I saw it. Can I say... Is this on social media? We Can have I? a story on our website. Go to ArizonaSports.com. It's crazy. It's crazy. Box. Okay, so if I just if I go to ArizonaSports.com, yeah. I can see this. Yeah, so while it's... you're looking for it, really quick, because Bass apparently promised to do the same thing back when the Rangers made Here. it to the World Series in 2010. Oh, there it is. God. 
there. <laughs> Rangers fan. He's a Rangers fan. He's a, but he's a talk show host, too. I mean, I would hope so. That's a pretty steep thing to add I to mean, your body if you're not a Rangers fan. Oh, my God. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Wow. I'm getting a Suns tattoo if they win a championship, but I ain't getting the box score. All right. I'm, I'm talking about like a little sunburst logo on my shoulder or on the inside of my bicep or something. Not. He's got the whole box score tattooed on his back. Wow. So you could be sitting there one day, you could be talking about the World Series with the guy. How many hits did they have in that final game? Oh, hold on. Dude, let lift me, up your shirt. Let me grab a mirror. <laughs> lift up your shirt. Well, Corey Seager went three for four with two RBIs. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Simeon had two runs, two runs driven in. We had, yeah, nine hits. There it is right there. His back is the box score. That'll be interesting when they do the autopsy on him when they bury him down the road. Imagine his stories that are going to come from that. What are those people called? Corner? What are they called when you... Corners? Corners. 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 You know, when this guy dies and they're like, okay, let's do an auto. Okay, roll him over. Oh, my God. (laughs) This guy's got a box score on his back. God, Larry, come sit. Hey, Harry, come here. Look at this. Tom. Uh, <laughs> I'll close with one more baseball thing. I'm specifically putting this soundbite in here for you, Gambo, because Shohei Otani, apparently he's already gotten his first ring as a member of the Dodgers. No, 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 no. Oh, Not that, that ring. Married? Married. Married? Yeah, married. Shohei Otani. Married. Quote, married? I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, but I've also started a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me. Close quote. What a sweet. Good for him. Good for him. Prenup. That's all I'm saying. Just going to leave that out there. Is that the first like, thing you think of? Leave that. It's the second thing I thought of. The first know, have you I seen Otani's net worth lately, Gambo? Yeah, the yeah, first yeah, thing yeah, I yeah. thought of was how sweet. The second thing I thought of was prenup. Just right. Prenup. A lot of lawyers worked on that document. Exactly. Can I throw one more thing into the reset sure. real quick? I, just because I teased it, I promised it. Go ahead. Christian Walker had to leave today's game for the Diamondbacks. Got hit in the hand by a pitch. Ruh-roh. Apparently, he was very frustrated when he left the game. Uh, according to AZ Central's Teo Mackey, no post-game update on Christian Walker per D-backs PR. Tori Lovello was not made available after the game. So it's oh boy, it's no news about Christian Walker, but he was hit in the hand. He did leave the game, and we don't have an update on Christian Walker okay. and how he's doing. So I just I wanted to, something to keep an eye on for sure. Something to keep an eye on for sure. And that is your four o'clock reset. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the role players, the Phoenix Suns. We've talked about this a lot lately, especially after that Lakers game, are providing a great amount at the perfect time. Will they continue to be trusted with that? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Suns versus Rockets. Pre-game at 6 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. All right, welcome back to the Burns and Gambo show here on this Thursday afternoon. Suns Rockets tonight, 7 o'clock tip time right here on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Gambo's on his way down to the game tonight. Once again, and we'll keep mentioning this kind of sporadically throughout the show, uh, Gambo's already gone full Reaper and Blue Oyster Cult on us when it comes to a couple of names out there on the buyout market. And the reason why this is a thing today and this will be a thing tomorrow, tomorrow is the deadline to add a player off the buyout market if you want that guy available for the playoffs. So you're going to hear a lot of this, I think, in the next day or two. Um, Patty Mills, no. 
Otto Porter Jr., no. Marcus Morris can't because he makes too much money. Mike Muscala. And Mike Muscala was yesterday, but that was a no. No. Muscala's a no. Porter Jr.'s a no. Look, I know a lot of people are talking about Porter Jr. I don't think he's going to play. Like, he has played 23 games the last two years. Uh, there's some toe injury, I believe. I don't think that he is going to play. I know that as of like two hours ago, he had not even, you know, talked to his team about a buyout or being waived or anything like that. So he's got permission. Like, he could seek a buyout, but no. Nothing as of two o'clock today when we came on the air. They, him and his agent had not spoken to the team about, hey, we've got an option here. Let's get bought out. I don't think he's going to play. So I think, I think there's more than a, you know, I think there's a, a good chance. I'm not saying, I'm saying, not saying definite, but I don't think he's going to end up playing this year. So I don't think he'll get bought out. Okay. So, uh, and for the game tonight, it's Eric Gordon's questionable. Bradley Beal uh, remains as questionable. This is on the most latest updated version of the injury report that just came out. Yusef Nurkic is listed as probable. You said it yesterday when we had Kellen on the show, Kellen Olson, our Suns guru, and I would agree with you. If the Suns are going to win a championship this year, it's going to be because of the, the play of their big three. Ultimately, it does come down to their stars and how they perform, and whether their stars are better than the other team stars. That That is the primary thing here, and I would agree. But I think we can all agree, too, that there are going to be moments within a series, there are going to be moments within the postseason, that, that Grayson Allen's going to need to do something great. That Eric Gordon's going to need to do something great, right? That you have Nurkic, maybe not the whole time, but that those role guys are going to have to do something great. Did the Lakers game show you the level of greatness that those guys are capable of achieving? And can that be a consistent thing for them as we get closer to the postseason when talking specifically about the role players? Are you talking about Allen, Royce O'Neal? Allen, O'Neal, Nurk. Nurk. Uh, who else am I forgetting? They're more consistent role players than other guys than other guys are. They played a lot of meaningful minutes in their careers, so I would expect that they could be more consistent than, say, you know, other guys. They're going to be a lot more consistent than when they had, you know, um, Utah Watanabe and Goodwin and uh, Kata Bates-Diop. Those guys were hit and miss. You had no idea. One good game, three bad games. So those guys have a chance to be much more consistent. Grayson Allen's one of the is the top three point shooter in the league. Royce O'Neal has found a great niche here, and Nurkic has been relatively healthy and and been terrific for them with what he's been able to provide. So um, none of those guys going to be yet like none of those guys going to be asked to shoot the ball a lot volume wise. That game just happened to be Booker was off and Durant was off. But I, to your point, I think that they could be consistently good for them. Yes, I, I, I think, I think there will be moments when sometimes those guys are going to be asked to shoot a lot. I, I, I think like. I think Grayson Allen, and I guess to a lesser extent, Eric Gordon and Royce O'Neal, too. Grayson Allen is the leading three-point shooter in the NBA. And as Kellen points out in his story this morning on ArizonaSports.com, he's got that lead by almost three full percentage points. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to lose over the next guy. games. Yeah, yeah I, I I, want him to shoot. Like, we always talk about the Suns needing to take more three-pointers. That, to me, I, I and Kellen makes this point, too is becoming a Grayson Allen kind of conversation. Hey, Grayson, 
Go ahead. Throw it up there. You're good. You're making half of your three-pointers. The team needs to take more three-pointers. That, to me, is a... Like, Eric Gordon's never been... Has never needed to be prodded to take more three-point shots. Feels like Grayson Allen needs to be prodded a little bit. They're always talking about how the coaches are telling him to be more aggressive. The other day after the Lakers game, Vogel said, we want a Grayson Allen to take 15 three-pointers in that game. We want him to shoot and shoot a lot. I, but then... But then... Booker and Durant, like those guys need Booker more so than Durant needs a lot of shots. Like a goalie needing a lot. The more sh- the more shots you see, the better a goalie thinks they are. They don't want to face 15 shots in a game. They'd rather face 28 shots in a game because it just gets them more in a rhythm. Booker needs volume. If if Grayson Allen's taking 15 and Nurk gets 10 and Eric Gordon gets 10, that's less shots for Durant than Booker. Yeah, I, 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 and there's a you're right. And there's a balance here that's going to need to be struck when the Suns get to the postseason because you're you're going to want your main stars to carry you. You're going to want your main stars to be the reason why you live or die in some of these series. But you also want that ball movement, right? You also want the ball popping around a little bit, finding the open guy. And I want... I want players on that floor who aren't afraid to shoot because they're thinking, "Oh no, man, I got to get the book because he's got to shoot." Well, here. Gordon and, and Grayson Allen, like they're perfect examples of guys. And I think Royce O'Neal has come in and, you know, for a guy that doesn't need the ball and can play off the ball really well, he'll take that shot too. Like he's come in and taken that shot. And I think that's just the Suns and, and how their coach is like. If you're open, take the shot. But I would worry a little bit about how many shots are going to go to other guys. Like you know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are the guys that. You know that are that are the, the best two of the best scores in the whole league. Yeah, I know. If you're a team and you're playing the Suns, and somebody tells you, "Hey, you held Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to 40 points," you're like, "I'll take that." Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. And you know, other coaches are going to be like, "I'll live all day yes. long with letting Eric Gordon beat me. I'll live all day long with letting Grayson Allen beat me. I'm not going to let Devin Booker beat me. I'm not going to let Kevin Durant. I don't want Devin Booker. This is going to be we got what 24 games left, and this was kind of the crux of Kellen's piece today at Eric. ArizonaSports.com was that in these 24 games, I think we can all agree that the Suns' core moving forward has been established. We know who their top eight or nine guys are, right? We know who are going to be the guys who are going to get the minutes in the postseason. I think that's been, and I include Bo Bowl in that, by the way. I think that's been established. What you need to do now over these next 24 is while maintaining the fifth or the sixth seed in the West, you also need to figure out these questions that we're talking about. How many shots for Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon aren't enough? How many shots are too many? You know, how what's the balance between making sure Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal are the guys who are taking the majority of the shots, but also making sure those other guys get enough yeah. so that you've got that proper balance when you're going into the postseason and you're not kind of figuring this stuff out on the fly. I think that's probably going to be one of the main goals over these next 24 games is those fine little tweaks in the rotation and who gets the shots and things like that. Yeah, and then just how much do they shrink the rotation by? Like, is it 10? Is it 9? Is it 8? Like, because if you shrink the rotation, it does allow for more shots for guys. Like, if you have 9 and 10 and those guys are going to get 7 shots and you eliminate those, well, that's 7 more shots that could go to Eric Gordon or Grayson Allen yeah, or Nurkic. I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, okay, so you got your starting 5, and then you got Eric Gordon is 6, you got Royce O'Neal, 7, Bull Bull and Drew Eubanks are eight and nine. And that's it. Right? Then a Kogi's out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you've got Josh Okogie out. I think I think that's kind of it when it comes to your playoff rotation. I think that's that's what you're going to go to battle with, and and Bol Bol will be matchup dependent, and Drew Eubanks will be matchup dependent, right? And playing spot now, maybe does Thad Young crack that? I don't know. Got I got to see how he I think does. he's more of the insurance policy. You think so? I think he's more of a just in case something happens, we got a guy that can play. All right. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, could the Arizona Cardinals sign a young edge rusher, the one that just sacked the league's best quarterback on the league's biggest stage? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. It's Wolf. Which players are the Arizona Cardinals showing interest in at the NFL Combine? We'll give you names tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. So the tail end of Mitch's Sports Center update just a second ago. There is an update on Christian Walker from our own Alex Weiner from ArizonaSports.com. Diamondbacks are calling Christian Walker's injury a right-hand contusion. X-rays are negative. Okay, good. According to Alex. Good. Yes. So. One of the best defensive first baseman in the league, power guy in the middle of the lineup, don't want him to be out. That's good news. Uh, So so a bruise, a contusion is another word for a bruise, basically. He's got a bruise on his hand. It's his right hand, uh, but the x-rays are negative. So that is very, very good news. We welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show here on this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. NFL free agency. I know this week is combine week, and everybody's kind of focused on how fast guys run the 40 and how big their hands are and all the other things they do at the combine which is all interesting and it's very impactful for the Cardinals. I'm try- not trying to minimize it because it's a big deal. Free agency is close, really, really close. We're just a couple of weeks away from the start of NFL free agency, and there is, Gambo, a lot of money potentially to be spent by the Arizona Cardinals in free agency, and because of that, they get from time to time uh, kind of paired up with guys who are out there in the market, players who could be available this morning on NFL.com. A story that you and I both saw. They tried to match up 15 of the top free agents with the teams that they think make the most sense for those players. Chase Young was matched up with the Arizona Cardinals. I've seen a lot of teams tied to Chase Young. You know, could the Rams sign, you know, Chase Young, you know, Cleveland, Chase Young. There's been, you know, the the Texans are a team that people think he could be, you know, this is a guy that was really, you know, a top pick. Uh, He's a good football player. And there's the feeling like, you know, that the the best is still yet to come for him. That would be a big time player for the Arizona Cardinals to get. Like that would be a really big time player for them. And that's a position of need and also a position that when you look at it, not everybody loves the players at that position in the draft. You know, the the, the pass rushers, the defensive linemen. It's a good defensive end. There's gonna be a lot of teams that want him. You just to me, I always just wonder when the big names become available, like what's the price tag on a guy like that? You know? Yeah. I mean he had seven and a half half sacks last season. He's still very young, only twenty four years old. What's he gonna cost you in free agency? Yeah, and I and I think that's why and just reading the story again um before we start 
part of the segment. I think a, a reason why he was matched up to the Cardinals was that Young won't likely command top dollar this offseason because, let's be honest, he's been hurt a lot. Yes. And his production has been inconsistent. 12 games bit. over tw- in 21 and 22. He only played in 12 games total because of the injuries. Yeah, he's, he's missed a lot. Of, and, and then when he does play, uh, you know, Washington moved him. You know, they moved on from him for, to San Francisco because they just weren't, you know, they, the the availability was in question with the injuries, but the ability was in question because when he was there, he wasn't giving them quite the production. He's the kind of guy who probably gets a shorter deal, hoping to reestablish value and hit free agency again in a couple of years where he can really cash in. Because yeah. I don't I don't think he cashes in. He was healthy big, this big, past big. year. He was. He was yeah. healthy and he played and had a good year. And his you know is is some of the the numbers like pass rush win rate and he ranks very highly on. But he did only play twelve games in twenty one and twenty two and that could you know that could probably impact them. So I probably agree with you there. But you're still probably looking at fifteen million dollars a year even if it was a one-year deal you know do you now you're off of it if you give him a one-year deal for 13 14 15 million dollars you're not getting him for five million you know he's too good of a player somebody will say okay i'll take the chance he's gonna get north of 10 he may get up to 15 and that's still no matter what that's still a lot of your cap space it is but if you're not signing him to a long-term deal you yes. know, it, it's get offable, right? Like you can you can move on from it if it's a bad mix sooner if it's not that long of deal. I mean, look, the Cardinals we can't we can't play this game where we're hey, you can't go another off season where you're not going to spend your money. You got to spend your money on somebody if you're the Cardinals, right? You you well, can't we said that they could spend it on several people. Well, that, like they could go four or five and, people, and that's fine. But I I don't think, and I'm not saying that them not spending money on Chase Young is like they're cheap or anything. I, I just think that another offseason of you not really diving into the free agent market doesn't send a great message to your fan base. Now, it doesn't mean you got to go give Legereus Sneed a gazillion dollars or you need to go give Brian Burns a gazillion dollars. You don't have to do that to prove to your fan base. But I think your fan base has been good and patient and kind of writing this out with you. And they want to see you make a financial commitment to improve your football team this so year. So you and like I, that sign. And I, I I think it's got I think it's got the reward to go with the risk. I think as long as I think the risk will be fairly minimal. It'll be expensive, but it won't be god awful expensive. And the reward for having a player who might want to, as I mentioned, try to reestablish value, I think it could be a decent one to look could at. Could be motivated on a one year deal sure. to go kill it, you know. Sure. Go get double digit sacks and then, you know, hit it in free agency the following year. Speaking of which, um, we're talking about free agency was starts in a couple of weeks. There was another kind of list like story, and this one was on on ESPN.com, kind of asking the question, which player, pick one player on each team that needs a change of scenery. And I'll be honest with you, I clicked on this link and I had no idea who they were going to choose for the Cardinals. Like, who on the Cardinals needs a change of scenery? I was surprised Rondell Moore was the answer. Why? I don't, don't, because I, I, because I don't think that he's, I don't think that he's good enough to benefit from a change of scenery. Okay. Does that make sense? 
I don't, I don't think he's he the was, kind of guy who's going to go somewhere else and just, oh my God, look at Rondell Moore go. He was injured at Purdue, and the feeling was that if he was healthy, he could be so dynamic in an offense. Never really figured out the right way to use him. He's got 1,200 yards receiving in three years, over 39 games. He's got 135 receptions, 54 one year, 41 and 40. He was a second-round pick. He was another one of those... Steve Kime draft picks that just hasn't really panned out at the wide receiver spot. There's a lot of talent and a lot of speed there. They've just, to me, they've, remember last year they were using it a lot, kind of like, you know, in, in getting him in the ball at in the backfield. Well, yes, when, especially when Connor was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to give, you know, give him some opportunities, but he's just never really popped as a player. This guy's got three, Four total touchdowns in three years as a receiver, and even with the carries he's had, he's only got four, three receiving and one rushing touchdowns. For a guy that was that dynamic, and you thought he could really change your offense a little bit, it just hasn't happened. Yeah, change of scenery just sort of implies to me that, hey, he's going to go somewhere else and kind of reinvent himself. Maybe he does. But right now, I'm just looking at another draft pick that just kind of spun its wheels in the mud and didn't really go anywhere. And, and we've had so many of those. And those guys usually just flame out of the league. Usually they do. They go somewhere else, and the next thing you know, the guy's just he's out of the league. It didn't work out. Yeah, but does he need a change of scenery? Does he benefit from a change of scenery? But but then I think to myself, who would I have picked? Who would I have picked on the Cardinals that could really benefit from a change of scenery? And I, I can't really come up with anybody, you know, like somebody who, oh, I think this guy just needs to kind of get out of Dodge and go somewhere else and start over and try again. I, I mean, I guess Rondell Moore would be on that list, but nobody, nobody really, Zayvon Collins? Not yet. You know, does he need Last year would have been Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. No, no. I mean, outside of Rondell Moore. Does Hollywood Brown need a change of scenery? No, he was hurt last year. You know, he was hurt some. And he got targeted a lot. I mean, no, I don't think he needs a change of scenery. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that, you know, that to me that really pop, that pops. Um, no, I think that that's a good, I think Rondell Moore's a good name. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just, it's not a, it's not a great list one way or another. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, we have, oh, first let me remind you that NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th. It's the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience as NASCAR heads west. Drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel. For your chance to experience all of this, please head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. We've agreed. That the Suns clearly have won the DeAndre Ayton trade. And perhaps they got off of DeAndre Ayton at just the right time. And we'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Social Poll Update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch is here with us. He's got an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. We kind of threw out an impromptu one out there when Gambo took over the show and he started driving, which was great. It's always nice to slide over to the shop. Going like 10 over, but, you know, it's fine. Have you ever driven with Gambo? No. He's not really a 10 over guy. 
No? No, I think you, you're follow the speed limit. Yeah? Every single time I drive with you. Depends yeah. if I'm a rusher or not. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, depends. Like Gambo, it's the vertical pedal on the right. Give it a shot. Yeah. See what, see what happens when yeah. you press on it. Um, depends if I need to get somewhere fast or not. Well, you drove the show, and we were talking about that picture that's been circulating on social media from Kevin Durant's boardroom event um, that had Corbin Carroll, Kyler Murray, and Devin Booker. And, and Gambo said it in the moment. Like, man, that's a picture you'd like to blow up and have all three autograph. It would look really, really good in your den or your office or whatever. So we were just doing like a little Q&A. How many championships are the three going to win? Who's going to win the first one? Blah, blah, blah. Who's the most handsome of all three guys? That one didn't get a lot of traction for whatever reason. But the one about which one would you have lunch with? Who would you have lunch with? Mitch? Who would you have lunch with between Kyler Murray, Corbin Carroll, and Devin Booker? There are almost a thousand votes on this bad boy in just the hour or so that it's been up. The power okay. of the Gambo retweet? The power of the Gambo I did retweet, retweet it, yes. The power of the Gambo quote tweet. Even. Oh, he quote tweeted oh, quote it. Tweeted oh, it. He asked people to vote, yes. Oh, wow. sorry. You know what? Quote posted for yeah, well, whatever. The, we can still call it tweeting. Elon's not listening. I'm yeah, fine. No, he might be. Do you guys uh, want to guess who's leading? Well, we, oh, it's got to be Booker. We both said Kyler. It's got to be Booker. But I would. Okay, let's take let's take a guess at this. Let's, okay. So out of 100, percent I'm gonna guess that it's 44 percent Devin Booker. 30% Corbin Carroll, 26% Kyler Murray. Did I do the math? Right? I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go 70, 20, 10. I think it's a runaway for book, but I don't have anything up. You can say I'm not looking at anything. I think it'd be a runaway for book. Devin Booker is leading at 70%. In second place is Corbin Carroll. At 22%. Wow, you were right on it. Which leaves 8% for Kyler. Got nothing. I got nothing up. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing. I'm, look, I'm nothing suspicious, there. too, no, that look. he just dropped 70, 20, 10 no, out of the There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing there. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Wow. Okay, so 70, 22, and 8 is what we're looking at? 70, 22, 8. Where's the love for Kyler? I don't know. I'd have Where's the love for Kyler? I think, I think we've, I think we've talked plenty about where is the love for Kyler in the history, <laughs> hey, right? Kyler, if you're listening, we'll go to lunch with you. You know what's going to happen now? The Cardinals are going to send out another tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you see who did tweet? The Coyotes' official account did tweet, and they cropped in Clayton Keller sure right in did. between Kyler and Corbin. I'm sure they did. <laughs> that actually, listen, that actually is pretty clever. <laughs> I'll give them that, which I'll is good because they give them that. That's pretty clever. Yeah, you don't disagree. I, I, I think that's yeah. I that's, think that's pretty clever. They put it in. I'm trying to see. Oh, there he is. <laughs> it's a really good shop job by uh, whoever's in charge of there. That's pretty good. All right. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate it. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find us on social media, on, on, well, on lots of social media, on X at Burns and Gambo, on Insta at Burns and Gambo, Facebook at Burns and Gambo. Uh, we are now over 
10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel at Arizona underscore sports. So if you'd like to subscribe to Arizona sports on YouTube, uh, you can get great video content like Gambo dressing up like the Grim Reaper. You're going to do it again in the five o'clock hour because we've you I know, could do it. I could, could do it again. We might have to I got to get my happen. use out of this forty five dollar Amazon money. I <laughs> wasted to be the Grim Reaper. Exactly. Yesterday, we, we, we basically came to the conclusion um, that the Phoenix Suns have, without question, won the Yusef Nurkic, Grayson Allen, DeAndre Ayton trade, right? Like, they, they, have, they have won it in a landslide. Um, it, so much so to the point where we go back and forth trying to decide which player is better, Nurkic or Grayson Allen. Like, some days it's Allen, some days it's Nurkic. Um, there's a story in our, by our friends on Bright Side of the Sun. In which they took like a statistical deep dive into Yusef Nurkic on just how good he's been this year. He has been very, very good. They've both yeah. been very, very I, good this year. You know, and I, and I totally agree with that. We can go into all of that. But Mitch sent something to us earlier that was really fascinating and that adds to the story. And it's that the, the DeAndre Ayton ceiling is just not that high because he just doesn't want it to be that high. Yeah. Like his effort level doesn't allow him to kind of make that uh, a better trade for the Portland Trailblazers. Like he's okay just being, you know, just being better than average as a center in this league and doesn't want to just doesn't have the will to be great. I thought that really added to what we've talked, what we've talked about. You're not wrong. Basketball, a uh, real um, wrote this about DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Ayton is not significantly better at age 25 than he was at 20. He still doesn't like contact. He still doesn't get to the line. His passing is rudimentary. You need to feed him buckets. He won't create many on his own. There's a reason the Suns let him shop around in restricted free agency two summers ago. A reason they matched the Pacers' four-year, $133 million offer sheet. And there's a reason they shipped Ayton to Portland a year later. It seems a perfect encapsulation of Ayton's mindset that he was flatly thrilled to leave a borderline title contender to join a fallow rebuilding project and that he has failed to expand in the vacuum of your Portland Trailblazers provide. Yes. Yes. All of that. Yeah, it's yes. true. No, it's true. It's a shame because when we in the NBA Finals, you know, that year they made it to the NBA Finals, we thought really that the, the sky was the limit for how good he could become and how great. And Chris Paul was like, get that guy a bag, get that guy a bag because he had played so well. The thing in the, the bright side of the sun story by John Boyd was really good. Was they And he says, when you look at the advanced statistics, you'll see that Nurkic's rebounding has been fantastic when compared to the rest of the league. Defensive rebounds per seven. 75 possessions, 98 percentile. Defensive rebounds per game, 98 percentile. Offensive rebounds per game, 87 percentile. Uh, and offensive rebounds per 75 uh, 75 possessions, uh, really high too. So the numbers are really good with Nurkic as the rebounding, the interior defender, the percent of rim shots contested, the blocks per possessions. Like you start to add all this up, it's like, like a lot of people knocked Nurkic defensively. They didn't think that he would add anything. And I was like, one of the reasons they got him is they think he's going to help defensively. He has helped them defensively, even though they've got a lot of other issues on their defense. Yeah, they do. And, and Nurk is, is always, no matter how 
good he gets no matter what ceiling he reaches, I, I think, and I think you would agree with this, Nurk is always going to be a player who is in danger of getting played off the floor depending on the matchup. Depending I, on the matchup. And I just don't know if there's anything he can do about that. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything we can do about that. So I think we just have to accept that as sort of a fact of this particular you know, Suns team. That, that they're just going to be matchups that are going to be bad for him. And we have to and hopefully what the Suns have done by getting Thaddeus Young, by getting Royce O'Neal, by playing a lot more small ball, that they've given themselves an option for when those moments occur. You know, one that they can go to and feel good about with multiple different guys playing multiple different roles in a small ball type capacity. I, I'd say the thing, you know what I enjoy watching about Nurkic more than anything, honestly? His passing out of the post is next level great. He is so good at it. Yeah. Like like when, and Kellen, you know, again, I'm studying Kellen, but he wrote about this again today too, that when the initial play breaks down, and you have to create something different with about 15 seconds on the shot clock. Throwing it to Yusef Nurkic at the top of the circle and letting him kind of figure out where the ball should go. He's very good at he's it. He's really good at that. I, I think, and because DeAndre was so bad at it, <laughs> yeah. his ability to recognize when he's got a smaller defender on him, like he just knows. De- DeAndre was frustrating because you just never, like, you get a ball, like, dude, there's a 6 1 guard on you, and he didn't realize it. He just knew somebody was guarding him, and he would pass out of it because he would feel that, hey, somebody's on me, but he just, for some reason, didn't know that it was a 6 1 guard and not a 6 10 power forward. And so I think that DeAndre's inability to recognize that really hurt him. Nurkic never doesn't know who's guarding him. And I'd like his hands, like on all of these bounce passes that he gets from Booker and Durant, his hands have been very good. That was a weakness of DeAndre. When we come back, Kevin Durant is one of the most elite shooting players in the history of the NBA. He has not been one lately. When is his get-right game, and is it tonight? That plus an update on the buyout, guys, from Gambo next on the Burns and Gambo Show.